0: If Drew Aller had a player like Marvin Harrison Jr. to throw to, I think this post-game conversation would have been a lot different. You are Locked On, Nittany Lions. Your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. That is right. You are Locked On, Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Zach Sako. Gotta check out PrizePix. Go to prizepicks.com/slash locked on college. Use promo code Locked On College for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars Prize picks, Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. A lot of slander about Drew Aller, that he's an overrated five-star quarterback has been. And I have to think Kyle McCord didn't really perform that much better. And Marvin Harrison Jr. was a big reason why Ohio State won the game on Saturday. So we have plenty to discuss there is this is part two of a takeaway episode as there was just so much to discuss, so many things to break down from Penn State versus Ohio State. And Indiana is not a threat, so I'd rather focus on the bad from Ohio State than the hypothetical good from Indiana because you really don't. You really don't get much from being a 31-point favorite already against the Indiana Hoosiers. But if Drew Aller had a receiver like Marvin Harrison Jr., the conversation really would be completely different because Kyle McCord is viewed as the, as the better quarterback. He'll, finish, he'll do well in the NFL. He also had the better target to go to. It, it must be nice having the best player in next year's NFL draft, a generational talent. And some people might debate me and say, well, what about Caleb Williams? Marvin Harrison Jr. is only going second in the NFL draft just because quarterbacks are the prime position for the NFL. Teams are needy in the NFL for quarterbacks. But Marvin Harrison Jr. against Penn State with Kalen King, Johnny Dixon, 11 catches, 162 yards, and one touchdown. Like I said, it must be nice. But then compare that to Kyle McCord's statistics. Kyle McCord only had 11 completions, 126 yards to everybody else, and no touchdowns. Cade Stover was the next best receiver on the stat column, but he only had four catches. So Marvin Harrison nearly had triple the production of anybody else, the next guy on that list in Cade Stover. So the slander around Drew Aller is, it's unfair. It, do I blame him for trying to be a little too perfect in the game? Does he bear responsibility? Absolutely, because he is the quarterback. He's the signal caller, and he can handle that. He can handle a little criticism. But the rest of the offense was responsible, too. He had little time. He didn't have any receivers that were getting clear separation. He was—he had to run for his life or just throw it into double coverage or throw it away so that he wouldn't turn the ball over because it could have been a lot worse. Drew Aller could have been throwing three interceptions in that game, but instead he protected the football. So I'm not surprised by this. It's easy to blame the quarterback. It's easy to dunk on Drew Aller since he is the five-star. And we've been patting him on the back for a long time that he will be the savior of this team, the savior of this program. And that conversation has taken a little bit of a twist and a turn. He could not handle the pressure returning to his home state. Okay, so this, like I said, the... The negative reviews about Drew are, are completely understandable, but you can't tell me that Kyle McCord did not struggle outside of throwing to Marvin Harrison jr. When he wasn't targeting his best receiver, a Mecca was out. I get it. So Harrison jr. Was already going to see uh, more use, more production in this kind of game, but Penn state didn't have that type of comparable talent. And imagine if Drew did, Kyle McCord did, and look what happened. He was able to get bailed out for some of his mistakes because Kyle McCord made plenty of mistakes as well. Marvin Harrison Jr. was always there to bail him out. Drew Aller, not the same case. Since Penn State doesn't have a Marvin Harrison Jr., who do they have at this point? It's not in the wide receiver room. This is my second takeaway in this Part 2 episode is you get creative, more creative, with the talented players that you have in Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen. There is no reason that Singleton and Allen can't be utilized other than just handoffs out of shotgun anymore. And, and that's on the coaching. The coaching is not free from criticism in this because the only way you can scheme this up is from Mike Gerstich, James Franklin, J1 Sider as well. Put Singleton and Allen in motion, split them out wide. You can do so many more things with them. Get them lined up out wide versus linebackers. Singleton on a hypothetical one on one versus Tommy Eichenberg. That was never Use that was never a possibility. It seemed like Go into the team formation. I'm just I'm spitballing ideas here. Go into the T formation, you have your three tight ends. Hopefully Khalil Dinkins and Andrew Raplia are okay, but Theo Johnson and with Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren, and then a tight end number three, whoever that is in this case, with Singleton and Allen. Now you can split them out. Why? Because all of those guys are threats to catch the pass. You could go from a T formation to a five wide receiver look in a sense. Have them on the field more together. Singleton and Allen, I understand. I, I get the point where you're trying to save their legs, longevity, and you want them to be healthy because running back is a physical position and it has the longest shelf life, You, the shortest career span out of players in the NFL. Running back is the shortest by far on average. But I've been advocating for more 21-22 personnel because that didn't stop Mike Yursich at Oklahoma State when he was the offensive coordinator. You had Chuba Hubbard. And Justice Hill, why were you using them in split shotgun backfields, but not Singleton and Allen, who I think are miles ahead of those two guys when, when their college careers are comparable? They're pro football players right now. I get it, so it's a little different. But if you go back to 2018 versus 2023, which two running backs do you think Oklahoma State or Penn State, and Penn State for that matter, would prefer to have on their roster? I get it. You're trying to save energy, but that's why you brought Trey Potts in. Okay, it you can use it selectively. You don't have to use it all the time, but I'm saying I'm advocating for it because it would be a useful thing. Play action, fake RPO to one of them. And then you have somebody go in another way. You can create so much misdirection. You don't know who's getting the football. Pick your poison. I am still going to continue to encourage Penn State if they happen to ever watch or listen to one of these podcasts. Use 21 or 22 personnel. I think it is more worthwhile outside of. The T formation. Now, there's still plenty of things to talk about from this game. I got three more takeaways over the next two segments, including the fumble that wasn't. How would that have changed the game? Let's take a break because I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors on today's episode, and that is LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you're getting the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Then add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are in fact hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills, just the right experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs, number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And the Locked On Podcast Network amps up college football coverage every single Friday live with College Football Kickoff Live, as the name suggests, on YouTube at 11 a.m. Eastern time to preview the weekend slate of games, to talk about the conference rivalries, college football playoff implications, Locked On College Football Kickoff Live, 11 a.m. Eastern time across every Locked On College YouTube channel, including Locked On Nittany Lions. And then you can listen to it back wherever you get your podcast for those same college channels. The callback fumble touchdown. Penn State, Ohio State tied at three apiece, second quarter. And that fumble changed the entire complexity of the game. That is takeaway number three. Let's not pretend that Ohio State didn't get the biggest break from that game. Call it luck, call it whatever you want to. But Ohio State got the biggest break in that game from the fumble that was called back because Kalen King had a holding call. That was a 14-point swing taken away from Penn State because not only would Penn State have taken the lead 10-3, to but then you take away seven points from the Buckeyes as well. So that's minus seven from the Buckeyes and minus seven from Penn State, a 14-point swing for the Nittany Lions in favor of Ohio State. Watch the playback. The play gets even a little more interesting when you look at the tape there was a blatant holding on the left tackle against denied Dennis Sutton. So maybe Ohio State still gets points in this case, but the referees didn't call it both ways there. There was holding on the offense and there was holding on the defense. The hold happened, but that hold occurred when McCord was still had, but the hold occurred as McCord was making the throw, not before, it didn't dictate how McCourt's decision to go to Marvin Harrison Jr. in that case. At a very minimum, you should have had offsetting penalties in this case. And the play changed the entire complexity of the game. Because like I said, instead of Penn State being up 10 to 3, now Ohio State ends up being 10 to up 10 to 3. And honestly, it should have been 6 to 3 because then you had the ticky-tacky, unnecessary roughness call to extend the drive. If that play stands... Penn state is leading 10 to three and now they can protect the lead, something that they've been doing the entirety of the season. And that's what the team's identity is to take the lead and then use the defense to protect it and have the offense manage the game instead of playing from behind, because right now the offense is not built to play from behind, but for Penn state, that fumble dictated the remainder of the game. It was a large break for Ohio state. You can say that unbiased that, Ohio State got the biggest break of the game because imagine if that had happened in favor of the Nittany Lions that the say the the holding call came up and it was a no call on that end Ohio State would be talking about it for the entire rest of the season that oh well if they had called that holding play against Kalen King then the Nittany Lions wouldn't have won that game or it wouldn't have been as close hypothetically but you know that conversation would have happened now let's go back and focus on instead of what could have been what actually was my fourth takeaway is the fact of the offensive line has cause for concern here. I think we should be concerned about the offensive line at this point. This offensive line is not as good as we've made them out to be because they're responsible too for the play on the field. Miscommunications, poor execution on assignments. I saw too many times where there were double teams or whatever that was, if that was a miscommunication or not understanding an assignment or the case of a double team and then climb to the second level. The guards, the centers just were not, We're not handling the responsibilities. And I think JB Nelson has missed more than we realized. Hunter Norzad was getting pushed back. Vanga Yuane was one of those players that seemed to be lacking on those assignments. Although Fashionu, even getting pushed back by JT Tui Malowal, JTT, more often than not, it seemed like. This is still a deep offensive line. Lots of depth, lots of talented freshmen. Who have yet to play, yet to see the fielder? They've seen it in garbage time, right? I think of the the Javon Williams and everything, Anthony Donko, Chimney Ono, and but that's that's not the point. Your starters still need to be really good, but there is a lot of depth behind me. So, Dave, Penn State has been able to overcome injuries to a J.B. Nelson. They have Drew Shelton waiting on the bench. Drew Shelton would start just about at almost any other program in the country. You just happen to have Caden Wallace and Olu Fashinu. Olu Fashinu, a top five pick, even though he did have a bad day. Against Ohio State, but I'm not sure what changes you make. And this is where I will be honest. Okay. You can criticize the offensive line, but what do you do differently? Is this the ceiling for this group? Do you bench Hunter Norzad, who's played five plus years of college football here, is getting his master's degree, is probably the smartest alongside Olufashinu, the smartest person in that offensive line room. Do you bench Vanga Yuane with the injury to JB Nelson? Do you move? Caden Wallace to left guard, and then that means do you bring in and start Drew Shelton at right tackle, who is making that switch and has acknowledged in interviews that the transition from left tackle to right tackle is very different. Sal Wormley has been getting some work at centered. You consider moving him there and then shuffling the guards around. Caden Wallace moves to right guard, Drew Shelton, et cetera. It, it's, who, it's about who you bench, not necessarily who you start. I'm not a fan of completely overhauling the offensive line. Chemistry for the offensive line is important. So if you're going to make all these changes and have a turn style of rotations to plug and play this guy, this guy, and this guy, this group needs to keep logging reps together so that they can build chemistry, so that they can build communication. So if Hunter Norzad and Vanga Yuane need to make that double team and go to the second level, who's got who? And the only way you're going to do that is play together against comparable competition. That is the only way to do it. Now, there's a lot of doom and gloom about the offense. We, we've addressed that. Uh, Drew Aller's not what he seems. The offensive line is not what he seems. The wide receivers uh, are an issue, and they got to have an open competition at this point. But there is some good news. There's some silver lining. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. We'll discuss in just a moment. Let's take a break and hear from another one of our sponsors on today's episode, and that is Prize Prize Picks is the largest independently-owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America are easy and the most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on a two to six player stat projection and watch those winnings roll in. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. And with the PrizePix reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For NFL games and top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform to have injury insurance, the only platform to do just that. Now, what do you got to do? You got to go to prizepix.com slash College. And use promo code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Take advantage of this prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use promo code locked on college to get that first deposit match up to $100. Prize daily fantasy sports made easy. And let's hear from another sponsor on today's episode, and that is Team Ticker. If, you'll, if you're watching this episode, I'm going to do a favor to my audio listeners, but if you look behind me, That is what I'm talking about here. Team Ticker. I want to give a shout out to Team Ticker for sending me that sign. You'll notice it throughout the episode. If you're watching, again, I'm going to do my best to describe here. But you can see all the standings, the schedules, the stats, a timer to tell you when that next Penn State football game is, basketball game, soccer. This is Team Ticker, the one-of-a-kind sports sign for Nittany Lion fans. Whether it's football, men's and women's basketball, baseball, soccer, softball, Team Ticker has you covered never miss a game as the high-tech retro display provides a countdown to that next big game as well as daily updates with the latest team news each sign is officially licensed meeting high quality standards and is assembled by hand in the united states team ticker is the ultimate upgrade to the your nittany lion sports collection once you hang it on your wall you're going to be taught the talk the talk of all your fellow penn state fans If you're looking for that one eye-catching item to showcase your team pride or have a gift for that special Nittany line, go to TeamTicker.com. The holidays are not too far away. TeamTicker.com, the place to get that gift. Pick up a Team Ticker today. Team Ticker is the one-of-a-kind sports sign. And from now until the end of October this month, if you go to TeamTicker.com and use promo code Locked On, you will receive $50 off your Team Ticker purchase. That is teamticker.com, promo code locked on, and $50 off your team ticker purchase. And in this final segment of Locked On Nittany Lines, before we get into my final takeaway for part two of this, I encourage you to go check out part one. Subscribe to the channel, subscribe wherever you get your podcast helped out, Locked On Nittany Lines. Let me know in the comments any additional takeaways uh, about this Penn State Ohio State game as I watch back some of the tape, look at the game, and, and acknowledge that some things are more true than meet the, met the eye originally. And this is one of them. This is what we'll finish up on, and I want to finish on a positive note. The offense for Penn State will get better. Everyone's sold out on Drew Aller. Everybody's selling out on the running backs. Mike Yersich, James Franklin, I understand, because it's the same old song and dance of 10-2, and two, uh, New Year's Six Bowl. The, the bigger point is because those things are great. Those trophies are still valuable, but it's never a college football playoff. It's never a national title run. I understand what it's about. But the offense for Penn State will get better and make this team much more competitive. It, it can only get better. That was the lowest point we'll ever see them. It's not going to get any worse than that. Young teams naturally just get better as the season progresses. NFL, college football, high school football, you name it. If you have an inexperienced group, they will get better as the season progresses. You have a young quarterback, first-year starter, 19-year-old Drew Aller. You have two true sophomores in Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen. You mean to tell me they can't get better? Trey Wallace is a first-year starter, third year in the program. Dante Cephas, veteran player, but first year in the program. He's young in that sense. Liam Clifford first-year starter, first-year key contributor, let's say that because he rotates in and out. Offensive line, tight ends are experienced. I get that, so there are no excuses there. But a good bulk, a chunk of your offense is still fairly young. Penn State got a reality check against Ohio State. We, we know this. I think the focus will be different. You mean to tell me this is what practice is for? You think Penn State's going to watch that tape and not feel ashamed, embarrassed, angry, motivated, especially... We know that James Franklin reads the the press clippings. He, I don't know about this podcast. I would appreciate that. It would mean a lot. That would mean a lot to me, Coach. But they look at the feedback. They look at the national media attention. They're going to read the negative reviews, and practice is going to become more business like, and they're going to focus on these things. You don't go into practice and say like, "Well, because the offense was bad, we'll just continue to do what we're doing." the entire time for the rest of the season. No, you're going to make changes. You're going to make Drew Aller get better. You're going to hold him accountable. The offensive line is going to have different intensity. The wide receivers, it's an open competition. I don't even need to speculate. I think that everything's going to be out on the table and those guys are going to be competing for starting reps or just reps in general. You don't even have to be a starter. It's about how many snaps are you playing. Motivation will be higher. Focus will be different. It will be better. And, And I'm confident in that because if it's not, That's how you lose your job. You don't don't keep your job at this level of college football by saying, well, okay, we're not going to make any changes because we got embarrassed by Ohio State's defense. And these are all former four- and five-star players. So naturally, they are just going to get better in general because they're already naturally gifted. They're naturally talented. There's just going to be a different approach to how things are, especially with the offense moving forward. So, yes, the offense will get better I think even though Michigan's defense is better than Ohio State, I think Penn State will be better prepared. I am not sitting back. Hold off the comments attacking me about that. I think Penn State's season can be saved. I think Penn State got a much-needed wake-up call against Ohio State, and they have the chance to redeem themselves against Michigan. The opportunity is there. So the offense is going to be better prepared, they're going to be better coached, and there's going to be more focus. And that's my point. They're going to do new things. They're going to have different things that are strategically saved for Michigan. Am I going out on a limb and saying that they're going to beat the Wolverines right now, three weeks away? No, I'm not. But the point is that this team is not left for dead. And keep saying it. Keep saying it because look at what's going on in the NFL. Nobody was picking the Patriots against the Bills. And look at that. What happened? Patriots beat the Bills outright. Didn't even need the points if you're if you're a betting person and you thought they would cover the spread, they beat the bills. And the bills are a super bowl contender, and the uh thought they were gonna fire Bill Belichick, but you get my point, those negative reviews, everything else that's motivation that's fuel to the fire for a Penn State offense that yes, got a reality check, but also in reality, it's not a talent issue. It is not a talent issue from the standpoint of you still have a really good quarterback, you still have really good running backs, the offensive line is better than what it has been. Wide receiver's got to figure itself out. I, can't, I can only defend that to a point. And the tight ends are, are very talented as well. That'll do it for this episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. I appreciate all the support as we are approaching 2,000 subscribers. Be coming every day or subscribe to the channel, wherever you get your podcast on YouTube. I really appreciate it. Let me know your feedback in the comments section, and we'll have more analysis coverage of this Penn State football team here on Locked On Nittany Lions.